Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Good morning, everyone. Let's pray one more time and that God had bless us and help us and touch us. Father, we love you, holy God. We thank you for this day. Father, we thank you, God, that we have you. We have your precious word. We thank you for what it means to us. It is the very life in which we need, Lord God. Anoint this word to us, Lord God, I pray. Open our minds, our hearts, Lord God. Strengthen us. Touch each and every one of us, Lord God, and help us, Lord God. Touch our pastor while he's away. Strengthen us, Lord God. Touch us this day, God, I pray, and we'll thank you for it in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. This series, In the Beginning, speaking of Adam and Eve, um, we may think a lot has changed since then, but in essence, it really hasn't. Um, the, you know, I've said, and with so many thousands of others, people's just people. And God made us, and he knows our weaknesses, our flaws. He knows our strengths, what we can stand. And today's lesson is the redemptive plan, and the thing of it is that yet humanity did fail, but God made a way for us to find hope when everything seems like there was no hope. God made a way, and the two scriptures it gives is in Genesis, the third chapter, and it breaks right into the middle of this, basically, and in the 14th it says, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy, uh, thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, but thou shalt bruise his heel. Although God judges sin, he always makes a way for redemption. And that's a fact. Everywhere you go, everywhere you look in the Old Testament, when God was sending judgment upon his people, he would tell his prophets and give them warning to warn the people that it was coming. There, there, was, there was judgment coming, but he would send a warning through the prophets to tell them that it is coming. But um, probably all of us, and, and I know that's a big brush as we say, has had occasions that we've done things and the moment we did it. <laughs> Man, if I could just go a little bit back in time and take that back, I would have never done that. And so we all know a little bit, not to this magnitude, so to speak, but we have all had moments that if we could just go back in time and change, 
obviously we would do it. But the thing of it is, is that we're just all flesh and blood. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have them. If I could just go back and change moments. But God, when we do them moments, if we can learn for them, learn from them, ask forgiveness, God is not saying, you know what? So to speak, when you do this, there is a principle of what you sow, you will reap. I understand that. But God is not a God that's going to continually hold that over our head. The Bible says if we're faithful and just, you know, God is faithful and just to forgive us. If we'll ask for forgiveness and truly mean it and not just be in the moment, you know, God forgive me. And like Brother Boyd said, and go out and do it again. But if we'll really mean it, God will forgive us. And it is just this. It had to be one of them moments when... They let the enemy trick them. They go, and the minute they tasted of the fruit, it had to be like, what have I done? What have I done? And they go there, and they see this, this tree, and the enemy tricks them, you know, like, look at this tree. You know, look at it. Look at its beauty. It's desired, you know. And they, whatever, ever how the enemy did this, and one thing I notice in this verse that, and, and thus shall thou eat all the days of thy life, it just, this is, this is just me. Maybe I'm looking at this out of envy, but this is, this is one thing I notice about the Lord. Now, ever what form the devil was, and he used the serpent to trick Eve, this is what I like about the Lord. You use the serpent. I don't know what shape the serpent had. I really don't know. I don't know how the serpent was, how the serpent walked. But the Bible says, God said, from now on, I created these people out of dust. And guess what you're going to eat the rest of your life? You let the enemy use you to trick my creation. And I'm going to make you crawl on the ground and eat what I just made them of all the days of your life. That's Bible. The Lord did that. Maybe I'm looking that out of envy, but I think I'm okay because it was the Lord doing it. So he does that. He says, you're going to do it. You allowed yourself to be used to the enemy, so I will make you pay all the days of your life. But when it was just, this is how sin is is. This is how it began, and this is how it is with everything. It was only just a bite. It tasted sweet, and as the old saying, the minute it hit their stomach, it was like life has changed. You know, I don't know what I was promised, but in a moment of time, it can't be like this. It can't be like this. I was promised so much, and then in a moment of time, my world has changed forever. Forever, and it will never be the same. This can't be right. How could I let it go this far? And, you know, it's just how it got this far, we don't know. But this was it. Instantly, the flood of understanding came, the knowledge of all that was good. But at the same time, 
the knowledge of all the evil came. And then just all of a sudden this foreboding came to Eve. And she's feeling all of this dread, all of this evil that came. And the delight of discovery of this gift that they shouldn't have partaken of when God has said, do not partake of this tree. Don't eat of the fruit of this tree. So, and it seems so right in the moment. They're just looking at it. Everything's saying, okay, but except one thing. God says, I've gave you everything you need to sustain you in the life wherever I put you. Do not partake of this tree. So, but suddenly, this shame of regret, this so-called newfound insight that they thought they had, all they had was fear and shame, and all they could think of is the voice that they love so much, I got to run and hide from. Now think, that, if that don't paint a picture of the enemy and sin, we never can paint it any, any, any better than what it did in the beginning. Because that's what sin does. If, if we could, to anyone that we speak of, especially to our young people, if we could put this out, it is painted so good. And what the enemy and other people will tell you, you want so much. And all it will do in the end will just give you and make you want to run and hide for what you have done. And then and what the really the most important thing that it had done, it had took their innocence. They were so innocent and pure in that moment, in that state that God had put them in. They knew no sin. There was no sin there. Literally, they was perfect. They was perfect. They're, they had no nothing but pure innocence. And God had took them there and put them there. And then it's like, why did we listen to the enemy? Why did we allow ourselves to be entertained for just a moment of time by the enemy and to believe him? I don't know. I really don't know. But... He prayed upon their weakness. And then when he took, and I've, I, I've made a point where the Bible says when Eve went to it and said, the, the Lord said of the tree of life, neither should you eat it. And then she quoted, neither shall you touch it. You know, we make a, a big push, and I think it's well-deserved, that to know this book and to know how it's quoted. And I've joked about the, if, if one thing electronic has done is to make us learn how many misquotes of scripture that we actually do. Because Eve quoted, neither shall you eat it, so to speak, or neither shall you touch it. Well, God never said, neither shall you touch it. And I guarantee you, the enemy didn't let that by him. And it's just me and my thinking that he probably lured her up there and, and said, you know, she's standing there leaning on a tree and said, look at there. You're touching the tree. Nothing's happened to you. She's the one said that. And it's, people have said, well, it's just one little item. Who cares? What if, so to speak, if we change one little item? That's all she did was change one little item. And look what happened. It was not, the, the Bible says, do not consume it. That was the command. 
Well, God didn't say not to touch it, which I believe. that. See, that's using human reasoning. Adam could have told her. Adam could have threw that in there. We don't have Bible for that. But I'm saying I, I would be one that could believe that Adam could have told her, do not touch it. Just trying to say, stay away from it. But that wasn't God's command. God's command was do not consume it. But there were so many other, other beautiful trees. All the nourishment they need was provided. Everything, everything. We can't think. And you know, at the end of the day, I'm one and it's just me and my makeup and my chemistry. Nothing against my wife, my mother, anybody. There's just days I think if I'd eat something of everything on the world, I still wouldn't be satisfied. It's just me. But I guarantee you, Adam and Eve never went to bed with that feeling. I just, I just feel like I'm lacking in something. I got a hunger pain. I just feel like I need a nourishment that I'm not getting. They didn't get that. They felt nourished. They felt fulfilled. They felt like everything they needed was good. When they laid down, they didn't feel like they needed any other nourishment, any other food. They was full completely. Everything was good. And that's physically. Spiritually, everything was good. Now, literally, they take and they come. And they, they come to this. Now they lived with God, with God coming to want to see them. And they're quaking in fear because of what this revelation of what had happened. Now, verse 15 that we read, that's literally the first prophecy in the Bible at the very beginning of the coming Messiah. That's the first prophecy that we read. Now, we read, we see that in 3.15. I just want to make a statement. To those who would doubt what God's word really means and the validity of this word needs to read the story of Adam and Eve and look at the magnitude of what happened. Because we got those in our days it is just... I'm going to be me. It is just like there is so many in the world that's got the mentality, you're not going to tell me what to do. I believe it's come in the church that you're not going to tell me what to do. And I've said behind this pulpit many, many times, we're not trying to tell you what to do. All we're trying to do is quote this word. And if you don't believe the strength of this word, they broke a law. And I believe it has always been. That's why I say people's people. We face the same thing they did. Why did God put the tree there? I'll tell you why I believe it's there. God has always wanted a people 
If you need to know something, just come to me. Just come to me. Adam, if there you got a question about something, don't go to the forbidden thing. We got so many spiritualist spiritualism in our day where people's running to and fro. They calling all kind of numbers. They just looking and they're just saying, well, look at the craziness that's going on in our world. Where do I look? Where do I go? But dare, I can't ask God or somebody that believes in his word. I got to go to this. But God has said from the beginning, Adam, what you need to know, come to me. The Bible says, what do you think when they came down in the cool of the evening and Adam and Eve talked about? Do you think they was talking about the weather? Whatever you need, Adam, do you think God would have given them everything to eat physically and fulfill them and not do it spiritually? If you wanted to know something more than what I've given you spiritually, do you need to go to this tree and get it? Don't go to the tree and ask for it. Come to me. Come to me, the source of all wisdom and knowledge. And it's the same way today. People is looking everywhere, everywhere. And God is just saying, why don't you ask me? Why don't you ask me? You don't need to go to somebody that ain't got a clue of what they're saying, that just wants to rob you and take your money and just manipulate you. All God is saying is just come to me. Come to me. Ask, if any man lacks wisdom, let him come unto me, who giveth all men liberally, liberally. God's not gonna withhold from his people. He's not going to do it. We look around and we wonder, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Don't scratch your hair out. Close the door. Get with God and say, God, I want to know. Just like it was in the beginning. God, I want to know. I want to know. I don't want the signs of the time or the time that I live in worry me to death. I want, God, you to give me peace that passes all understanding. I want you to help me, me. So I believe that's why the tree was there. All God wanted, and he's always, always wanted his people to come to him. That's it. And God gave them a choice just as we have a choice. And I believe it with all of my heart. I believe it with all of my heart. You have a question, God has an answer. And we can go to God or we can just sit there like everybody else and just shake ourselves to death. God is God. He has an answer for everything. He sets up kings and he takes down kings. It doesn't matter who's in the White House or who's in any other house. God is God. He's in control and he will guard his church. And all his churches has to do it just say, God, I'm looking to you. You are our strength. You are our hope. You are our peace. And in the time of need, I will look to you. I ain't looking at nowhere else. I ain't looking nowhere else. I'm looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith. That's why I believe that it, it was so destructive in the Garden of Eden. 
And he said, well, they just ate of one tree. No, they didn't. They had a chance to go to God and ask questions. And they chose not to. That's why I believe it's dangerous now. Don't find yourself. Don't draw your chair. Forgive me. Don't draw your chair up at tables you know better than two. We are blood-bought apostolic children. And we must feed at apostolic tables. Because God is God. He has given us everything we need. Everything we need. Everything we need. He is our hope and our strength. The blood, the blood that covers all. The blood that covers all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's our hope. He'll give us peace. He'll give us strength. Hallelujah. Don't let this world get to you. Hallelujah. Give yourself unto the Lord. Give yourself unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God. You're coming again. You got a church that's going to make herself ready. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The blood that washes all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The first question that God asked them is, who told you you was naked? Now, I do not believe for a moment they walked around naked as we would think they was naked. I believe God clothed them in righteousness. They did not see one another as we would suppose naked. And then when sin, when they took this in and sin was brought into their system, then they looked at the end result. And that's why I said when we do things that we know are wrong, then we see through a different lens. We're not looking through holiness anymore. We're looking through guilt and shame. And then all of a sudden, they looked at each other and said, we're naked. And then God said, who told you? I didn't make you this way. I clothed you with righteousness. I didn't make you this way. And when we find ourselves getting too close to the world, we find ourselves getting, getting afraid and we're getting scared and we start viewing things different. And God said, I didn't make you this way. I put my blood on you. You are covered in the blood of Jesus. And my strength and my covering is over you. That's why we sing, cover me with the blood. That's going to wash me. It's going to let my eyes see in righteousness. Let it go on like it needs to go on. God's going to just purify my eyes. Purify my eyes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell you this. This is me. You don't have to jump onto this. But there's a verse in Revelation that says, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Okay. We view, I, I'll leave you out of it. I view in, in the process of time, okay. There for a while, I've studied Revelation for a long time. I've changed my mind on this verse. <sighs> From the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. 
I used to view this, the blood from Calvary on. I don't anymore. From the foundation of the world. Time don't mean nothing to God. Those Old Testament saints that did according to the word, guess what? The blood slain from the foundation of the world. That blood covers them ever since Adam all the way up to now. The blood of Jesus covers them, not from Calvary, from Adam all the way to now. The blood of Jesus covers them from the foundation of the world. Not in these eyes, but it does. It covers them. The strength of the blood of Jesus Christ. That is why, that is why it's so important for us to be covered, cleansed, washed. Let them make fun of it. We're not taking the blood out. It is the blood that's going to keep us and cleanse us and wash us. And God don't have to say, who told you you was naked? We're not naked. We're clothed in righteousness. It is what God has gave us. We are clothed and righteous, covered by the blood. By the blood. By the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And through all of this, through all of this, this one time, I just wish that when somebody says, why are you doing all this? What does it matter? Just one time. They just changed. They just partook of the fruit. And it changed the earth. God said, I'm going to curse the earth. Curse the serpent. I'm going to curse you, Adam. I'm going to curse you, Eve. Everything changed. But God said, I'm going to make a way to overcome it. Life's going to be a little harder. But for those that would trust me, I am going to make a way. And he did. He did make a way. Now, now, here is a decision that affected all of eternity. Now, my question is to some, Just how calm do you think we should be? We're dealing with people. One decision could affect their all eternity. (laughs) And we're worried we might offend them. You know me. I know you know me. I'm not for offending nobody. But at what point do we get real? Do we stay calm and just just tiptoe around this? Or we look at it from this point of view. They come in here and we're worried about offending them and they leave and they die. And we have missed it. And look at Adam and Eve's. They partook of the fruit and they changed eternity. That's an answer that has to be answered in every single individual. And I say again, I'm not for offending nobody. But I'm telling you, 
I've been too laxed. I've been too laxed. Oh, God. The garden was and is a place of perfection. God would have given them everything they wanted. We can't look at the church. We got to look at the church as the Garden of Eden. Everything we need is here. I tell you what. I am in no wise looking to the stinking world for anything. And I mean that. I am not looking to them for nothing. I am not looking to them for no music. I'm not looking to them for no teaching. I'm not looking to them for no counseling. I'm not looking to them for nothing. The church has everything I need, everything I want, everything I know can be found here in God's house. I don't wanna be like Adam and Eve just peering through the curtains Say, I feel like when I lay down, I need something. No, sir. God is saying, if you lack, if you feel like you're lacking, go to the closet and ask me, because I guarantee you, I'll give what you need. God will give us what we want. He'll give us what we need. And we feel, if we feel like a church body, we're lacking in a need. Let's bind together as a church and ask God. God, you've got to help us. We need you to restore and to strengthen us because we are not somebody to give up and to give in to the enemy. God is our source of strength. Don't let the enemy tell us any different. God is our hope. He is the one that will restore us and strengthen us and build us back like we need to be. We don't need to look nowhere else. We don't. We don't need to look nowhere else. Everything we need is found in here, in this church. And I don't mean these four walls. I mean God's body as a church, as a church. I'm telling you, the world has, it has nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm telling you, Adam and Eve was designed to live forever in that perfect state of union with God. You can't convince me no different. They was designed to live in perfect union with God. God coming down, living with them, strengthening, strengthening them, walking. And I believe that companionship, when they lost that, it is God in his mercy that made them leave. They couldn't get back to the tree of life and partake of that in a sinful state and be stuck in that sinful state forever. That's why God had to ban them from the Garden of Eden. And then God made a way through a redemptive plan. And then he, it was not, it was not God's will for this to happen. But I guarantee you it was all of God's will if they needed something to come to him, to come to him. Let's don't worry ourselves to death. Let's don't do it. I'm talking to myself as much as to you. Let's go to our Father. Let, let Him strengthen us, strengthen our mind, stir us, settle our spirits. 
because it was all God wanted to do was take his children, take them, hug them, love them, give them the strength and the compassion and the knowing that they needed. It was what he wanted to do. Now, and then when this happened, we see God going into everything he needed to do to get man back. And we see the process, the long process it has taken to get man back into this. And God said this. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. It was always God's will for his children to be with him. It was in the beginning, and so it shall be. It was always God's will. But God has given us a free will. We see that. But I'm telling you, all they had to do was ask. And I, I hate to keep repeating myself, but I mean that. All they had to do was ask. But the tree of life was there. But what did it really mean to Adam and Eve when God named that the tree of life within them. If they had never seen death, what would a tree of life mean to them? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. But God said that they was to partake of this tree of life and you could eat the fruit of this and live and live and live. And that tree of life will be placed in heaven as we know it. But we see this, that this is the hope that we have now, and no, we're just humanity. Even sometimes faced with every choice that seems right, sometimes we just make wrong choices. That's just, that's just the human race. But we know, we know. Now, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, this is the one that they partook of if they wanted to understand it. But this was the forbidden fruit. The, the old saying that goes out, forbidden fruit tastes sweeter. And you can, I mean, it's always, you know, just to make a, a, a child not want something, just tell him he can't have it. You know, that just seems like it's inherent in, in our nature. We just knows, you know. But they just do this. We just do this. Um, evil just seems to have an allure to it to some aspect. But we must choose to obey God and to seek him and to seek out his way. This, they, God placed this tree to give them a choice. And that was God's business to do that. Now, we see this. God is not going to take away our right, our will to choose. That's God and all God. That's his, God is sovereign and that's his business for doing that. God is not going to make people live for him. He's going to give us a free will and allow us to choose. But those that would will to live for God, that would give themselves to God and just say, I'm living for God no matter what. I'm telling you, God will make a way. God will make a way. Because when you just come what may, come what may, I'm living for God. God will make a way. He will. God will, God will just make a way. I mean, that, that is something that he's going to do. 
And then they, when she, when the serpent comes to, to Eve and just said, hath God said, he, he just starts this on the word of God. You know, the Bible says, and God said, and God said, and God said. And then the serpent comes to Eve and said, hath God said. He starts questioning this. I don't know why, you know, it's beyond us to know why that she listened to it. Um, it's not really a, us to know. I believe it's really unfair, would be unfair for me to try to blame her or Adam. It's just life. It's done. It's over. And, uh, and, and to start with, who am I to place blame on her when I've been wrong? You know, these are lessons and given this, this is a major lesson. That's why I'm saying, that's why I really say somebody that thinks they can just live this word any way they want to, they need to read this lesson and look at the magnitude that happened at this disobedience. But that's why I feel about God and his word. But God has made a way. But when their eyes was open, their eyes was also open to the truth of their disobedience. And I believe that is where the guilt and the shame just crushed them. I don't know what they could have done. I don't know. But when, and I believe is equal to the hurt is that, it's when God told them, so to speak, you must leave the garden. I don't know what that must have been like. Of all the times that God come down and had fellowship with them, and now they see, first they go through the emotional part of hiding from God, then having the conversation with God, and then God telling them, this place that you love, a paradise it must have been, now you must leave. I don't know what that must have been like. But you're talking about some changes in their life. To all of a sudden, him going out, everything was just water. Basically, go out and pick the fruit. To now, you've got to grow it. Now, you've got to get all the thorns and thistles out of it. And when you birth something, um, nobody's going to have to tell you because you're going to feel the pain of it. Their lives had truly changed. Truly changed but even through all of that God started the process for man to be redeemed he had started but we see all the judgment that had happened and we see all of this and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask you to stand and I'll just close with this I believe that we're just all humanity and we've all failed at times and sadly we've, we've all failed God at times. God is faithful and just and he is good and he is good to us. And when we love him, I believe literally that God is just so kind and compassionate to us. And then when we give ourselves to the Lord, I, I believe, I, I don't know what it's like 
you know, because if you have so many people that completely shuns you, and then you have some that definitely seeks you and seeks your will, I don't know how God relates that. But to me, it, it, it's got to be a pleasing, a pleasing thing to God to see those ones that would definitely seek God's will and his way and seek him in everything that we do. And I'll say one more time, what we don't understand, let's pray about. Let's ask God to lead us and strengthen us. And let's ask God to touch us as a church. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. I ask you, holy God, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for your word. God, I thank you, Jesus. I love you, holy God. We thank you, God, that you are going to restore. You are going to strengthen, God. You are going to give us hope like we've never had hope before. Oh, God, touch our church, Lord God. Touch the church, Lord God, I pray. Strengthen us. Oh, God, help us, God, I pray. Touch us, God, as individuals, collectively as a body, Lord Jesus. We need you, God. We need your compassion and strength, understanding and wisdom, Lord God. I thank you for what you're going to do. Touch us, holy God. Touch us, I pray, God. We love and we thank you, holy God. I praise you this day. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.